Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Amber Raiders, who is excited for some potential value in cash cows? I know we are, but I am also very scared at the same time, considering the, the Raiders. I know, I think they're going to be missing the eight this year. They, they're, they're going to fight. They're always going to be in games, right? But just how much uh, attacking output are these guys going to have? And, you know, are they going to be missed tackles in there? It's a little bit of a worry, but I think it's a gamble we are going to have to take. Scoop, what are your general thoughts on the Raiders? And then we'll get into straight into Nick Kotrick. Yeah, finally, we, we've got the green machine and we're seeing a lot of green today. Uh, we, we've seen a bit of a lot of avoid, avoid, avoid lately. And this is kind of why, because we've probably got all of us have got about four Raiders in our team taking up spots in that 21. Mm. But yeah, there's at least a 5 eighth and a fullback spot that we're going to want in our team. Fogarty potentially, um, maybe even a center spot. There's a lot to like, but it just depends who gets it. Um, some interesting recent suspension news regarding Chris might help that, and maybe it might help us avoid a few traps. Yeah, just tell us about that news to start off with. Obviously, Horsburgh, it looks like, so missed 27, missed the finals game, and then he'll miss the first two games. We'll be back in round three. Seb Chris, they've got a little bit of, uh, I just, this, this suspension stuff's hilarious, isn't it? How I it works? don't like it. Like, I can't remember what sport they were talking about comparing it to, but if you're suspended in NRL games, I reckon you should be suspend, serving that suspension in NRL games. Like, I think he's trying to get eligibility and say that, oh, I was going to be picked in the, the All-Stars game and the Kiwis games in opposite sides or something like that. It, it was really weird. And look, if he does get off, that's good for fantasy because we can finally tell exactly what's going to happen with that back line, but mm, don't love it. Yeah, for weird. sure. Yeah, well, that probably, if he is playing in round one, if, if the way they're doing it, guys, is he missed that finals game, so he had a five-week five, five week suspension, 
misses the finals game, which he has already already done. It will be three Pacific Test games and then one for this All-Stars game. So that would be his five-game suspension. He would be back for round one. So we'll get into him in a sec, but that really does, that really would hurt Nick Kotrick, wouldn't it? Not that we're, I don't know, I'm not interested in him personally, but are you? Uh, not particularly. He always had sort of trap written on him. The mm. only interest is if he starts in the wing for me, and even that's not as good as at centre. Uh, I think he's averaged sort of about 25 there in the past a lot. So if if he can nab a few early tries, he'll be all right. But, I mean, he hasn't really been that massive tackle-busting Nick Kotrick we probably remember from about 2019 Raiders. So, I mean, there's some value in there, but how much? I Yeah, as you can see, a problem with having capping out just below 30 and 10 points at max. And that he might get there, but I don't know. Yeah. I'd probably Jamal. have Hopawati starting over him, to be honest. Yeah, well, there's that too, isn't it? He's a good player. Jamal Fogarty, what are your thoughts on him at 637? Yeah, this, this is a really... He's Fogarty's a really good example of what you look for in fantasy every year. You look for an uptick in role, in minutes, in meters, or whatever it is. And in his case, they're losing Jack Whiten, and they're going to be replacing that 5-8 spot with either Ethan Strange or Kay Weeks. So he's going to take on that sort of 80% kick meter dominant kicking halfback role. And that's going to add probably about two points to his to his scoring. And Croker's retired. So he's going to pick up goal kicking full time. And he's going to go from, I think he averaged about a goal game last year to probably three. And that puts him up four points. So immediately he's just got six points probably added to his base stats just from that. He's the dominant playmaker, which could see him rise a bit more. I think the Raiders will slide a bit this year. So that might be can't that last bit might be cancelled out, but He's pretty valuable. I mean, he looks like he's going to hit around that 52, 53 mark and be a fringe keeper and maybe someone you can hold through the first couple of origin games before you finally upgrade. Yeah, it does seem fairly simple, doesn't it? He's pretty high ownership. For now, not as high as some of the others in the pain houses and uh, clearies, but uh, he's up there for sure and, and would be hard to miss if he's just consistently hitting those numbers. And, and he can be one that is a little bit inconsistent, but these extra, you know, goal kicking and normal kicking in general play stats, it just really helps with his getting his consistency up, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, Emre Gula next at 480K, just a very awkward price, isn't he? And probably not someone you want to look at off the bench. Yeah, I think signing Smithies hurts that middle rotation opportunities for some of these bench guys. Like I've seen a little bit of, interesting guys like Mariota and Mooney in the discord. And mm. while, I mean, they might get a couple in round one and two, what happens when Horsburgh's back? Smithies is probably going to go to the bench, take a few minutes. Um, you've got Tarpane who takes a few minutes. Papa Lee is on the winding down, but he's still taking at least 40, maybe 45 even. And where does that leave the rest of them? I'd say Ghoul is probably top of the rest and he might sit at 35 minutes and he's already priced at 35. So I'd, I'd say there's no value. Yeah, definitely. And and guys, uh, for those that are potentially interested in the private group this year, Scoop actually came second in that, won some good cash as well, uh, which was helpful. And what would you say the biggest benefit out of being in the private group is, Scoop? Uh, it, it's really interesting because in the Discord, you've got a lot of opinions floating around everywhere. And some of them are good. Some of them, some of them are rookies, and you're sort of not sure 
which ones are the correct opinions sometimes when you're digging. If you're in the private group, you know those people are really invested in playing fantasy. There's some people who are more towards the rookie side, but they're actively interested in getting better and figuring out why. And you have a lot of people who are pretty high ranked and know their stuff. So I think the quality of the discussion uh, and feedback you get in there is a lot better. And just because there's a few less people in there, it's more easy for you get you, your message to be seen and responded to. Yeah, definitely. Cheers, Scoop, for uh, for being a part of all this uh, that we've got here at, at the JBFA community. And uh, we'll get through to, we've got Haru and Ira and Holla, uh, unfortunately, both unlikely to be playing. Um, our prayers are, are up there for, for CHN to hopefully, you know, a full recovery just as a, as a human. Um, if you can get back to playing footy, even better. But yeah, um, yeah thoughts are with him. Albert Hoppawati there at 404. You said a chance of him playing on the wing, but awkward price. Yeah, he sort of saw skim not that much better than Kotrick, to be honest. And he played there most of last year. So he's at where he's going to be. Horsburgh missing the first couple of games. Do we just see how see where his price ends up and, and go from there throughout the year? Yeah, I think so. Um, we might end up seeing uh, a resurgence, to be honest. There's, there's scope for him to do a bit of what he did last year. Probably not as big because Smithy's signing. But um, if he starts off playing 65 minutes, he could be run to pick up. But I've, I think I highlighted that a bit lower down. We'll get to the draw and the pack predictor. Their origin lineup is really awkward if you're going to be playing. He's going to miss a lot of rounds. So probably one for late season not to start with. Definitely. Uh, Seb Chris, we spoke about just briefly. What are your thoughts on him if he's starting round one and is in the center slot? He's a funny one, hey, because he's a rare guy who scores better in the centers than he does at fullback. And we we saw that this year a little bit with the one or two games he had there. And in previous years, I think 2021, he averaged sort of low to mid-30s with a pretty low-ish try-scoring try rate for an outside back. But 2022 is the one we were most interested in because if he averages anything like what he did there, that's over 10 points of value, but that's almost a try game. I'd put him somewhere in the middle. I'd have him sitting about 35. And to be honest, with how tough the center position looks, especially if we don't end up getting strange or are, or even both, he looks somebody that can definitely fill a role in our team and has some value in him. Yeah, I definitely find it interesting. And as soon as I saw that 0.9 tries per game in 2022, and in this side here, I just can't see that happening. And we know how many how many centers in the game are even lower than that 0.4 try scoring rate. So I see 2021 happening all over again. And and it's five points of value for a guy with that's under 400k. You could help spend your money elsewhere and dual position as well. So I, I, even if he does hit the 2021 numbers, it's value, right? Like it's something in a really tough position where it's hard to find any value. So even if he was to score that, I I wouldn't push anyone away from him. Uh, it's where I'm at at the moment. I see 2021 more than 2022, but yeah. Yeah. I I have him as a, if nobody else is there, you just come back to him. He's not somebody you mm -hmm. actively go, wow, he's fantastic option, but he's good enough that if everyone else falls through, you can just go back to him and know he'll kind of sit there and crawl up towards high 400s. And maybe if he has a couple of ceiling games, 500K and then sell him. Yeah, well, that's where they're like, if he can have a bunch of, you know, six weeks of that 0.9 try scoring and he gets that 10 points of value, then 
then then you win for sure, big time. And um, yeah, so you can see why the, the talking league boys have that. That's funny. That bit of a love affair with him because of how um how poor he was going last year, and he kind of went well as soon as they started talking about him. So yeah, I can see why they're talking about him. That jewel is massive for sure, considering like depending what we end up in the centers. Like if we have just say you start with Campbell, Pap, and Weeks in if he gets a six in fullback slot, and then with Campbell out in that second round then then Chris could move down and if you have you know some space so there's lots of things you can do with him which is great for sure Danny Levi at 286k someone I forgot about just because he got injured in like round four or whatever it was and he was playing big minutes at that time do you think that Ricky goes back to the well or we're we just gonna see what happens I think that's a good chance he does Wolford did a pretty good job for most of the year Wolford and Starling just sat there and Levi just kind of went back to reserve grade for a bit. But and that was after he basically exploded his jaw. <laughs> and that's a, that's a really tough and kind of graphic injury. It would have knocked his confidence a bit. But um, the main talking point here is the fact that Wolford tried to get a release to go to the Dragons, which, which was knocked back. But it just makes you start to wonder... Has he fallen down the pecking order? Is he now third in line and expecting to be playing reserve grade? And that mm. brings up Danny Levi. So if Danny Levi is starting, um, you'd expect probably 45 minutes, maybe 50 a game, something like what Wolford was doing last year. But instead of being sort of 400, 450K like Wolford, he's nearly basement price. So I can definitely see some value in there. Just beware that it is Ricky Stewart, but mm. I mean, he's basement, so he can't go too wrong if he manages to stay in the team. Surely, yeah. For Wolford, logically, there's no way that you would ask for a release from basically the only team in the league that you could play 50 minutes for. Like, he's asking for a release to go to the Dragons to play bench minutes. So he has to be third in line now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it just that's doesn't the big make thing. why he would want to release. No, exactly. So, yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, you spoke about Mariotta being, you know, spoken about a little bit. He had a... Cracking finals game, didn't he? Yeah, well, they've got some really good up-and-coming forwards. I just don't think we're going to see much of them this year. 2025 could be really quite interesting because the Raiders pack's pretty good. And next year, with some of these other guys coming through, they could be really good. But yeah, they need to fix their outside backs in order to become, well, to maintain their top eight status, I'd say. And with the turnover that they're going through in that spine and that back line... I think that they'll drop a bit this year. Next year, we could see them. But for me, you'll probably see two games with Horsburgh out with decent minutes. Just don't get trapped by that. Yeah, well, Hosking coming over as well, who we haven't gotten this list. Have we? we spoke about him in the in the Panthers one, didn't we? So just maybe just mention Hosking now and, and any thoughts on him and where he might slot in. Yeah, I've, I have to move Hosking over to this one now. Hey, yeah. I think that... He's going to be the Whitehead replacement. Elliot Whitehead, I think, come out and said this is going to be his last year. And Hosking got an early release for a reason. So they must be wanting to have him at least as an understudy uh, in training, possibly playing 80 in reserve grade or potentially at times also coming off the bench and spelling him, just giving him some experience for what the role is going to be next year. So I don't have interest in Hosking for this year, unless for some reason he does start and play close to 80 minutes. But I mean, yeah, I, d I don't think I can see that. He's going to lose a lot of money. 
Yeah, it's probably not a round round one guy, but an option at some point if yeah, they do want him to play that those big minutes on the edge, which uh he did at times last year, but he obviously got spelled at certain points too. So an 80-minute roll would be money for him for sure. Uh Mooney and Mariotti have gotten the same breath. Josh Papali'i, you're avoiding him as well. Yeah, it's he was that 50-point gun back when fantasy when 50 was a good score and 60 was awesome. Now we've got Nathan Cleary and Hines pumping out 70s, which is kind of crazy. And yeah, he's he's fallen off the last couple of years from a stats point of view just because he's winding down his career. Thanks for the service, Big Papa, and we'll watch you with fun, but not in our fantasy teams. Yeah, so good, so good. Uh, Puru as well, uh, another one of those middle forwards that seems like a really good player, but where's the spots with Smitty's coming over? Yeah, it's it was an interesting signing, to be honest, because, I mean, they have at least two or three of these guys who are really pushing to play some NRL in the near future, and it's just reducing spots for them. So maybe they lose one or two to a different club um, by 2025 if they're not careful. Yeah, bring Sasangi over as well. And then you've got Solo, who did well at times last year as well. There's so many of those sort of fringe forwards, and we know Ricky absolutely loves forwards in this squad and uh yeah outside backs and and spine spots are the obviously the big worry coming into this season jordan rapinard 487s a no as well yeah i looked at him and he actually averaged 30 only 31 when he was playing wing he had a few fullback games that pushed him up but he's come out and said i don't want to play fullback (laughs) Um, he's coming towards the end of his career and they've got all these other options fit and ready to go now they might they have weeks if they need they've got savage they've got stewart rapinard doesn't need to so not this year yeah, for sure. Uh, Xavier Savage there at 350. So shout out to Talking League Boys with their Around the Traps uh, news uh, podcast there. TK seems to be on to all the Daily Telegraph stuff, which is behind the paywall. So thank you, good sir. But uh, the talk there from Ricky was that Chevy Stewart potentially going to is going to play NRL at some point this year. Were kind of that was the wording. Uh, and then Xavier Savage, it, it seems like potentially maybe an attitude issue or something like that. And it was like the spots there, if he wants it, if he's if he's willing to work to get it, was the the news coming out of that. So at this point, it's like completely up in the air who would get that position. And looks like maybe Xavier has would have the. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market. first opportunity but yeah what do you think yeah well we know what he can do we've seen a bit of it in 2022 he's very quick he isn't a keeper 
but he's good enough to get us some points. And at priced at about 25, he only needs mid-30s to do pretty well. And that's kind of where I have him at. He's safe upside, but yeah, he just needs to get his attitude right and make sure he keeps it because, I mean, they do have other options. Yeah, savage. It's an interesting one. He was, yeah, super, super impressive at the uh, the back end of that 2022 season, which is which is great. He had a 70-odd in one of those games. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, moving on to, yeah, Schiller's not going to be part of this. Morgan Smithy's likely to be a starter in round one and two. Is that is that a trap? Yeah, I think a lot of people who aren't watching too closely on the suspension news or just the Raiders team in general might go, wow, Smithy's, he's starting lock. He's going to get 50, 55 minutes. He's only priced at 520. He might make make some good money and then he'll make 40k 50k in two weeks and then go back to lower minutes when Horsburgh comes back and eats up that probably at least 60 you'd think given what he did last year and then he's just going to middle around at that price all year yeah 520 hey for a for a brand newbie super coach are a bit nicer with his price weren't they in the mid 300 so yeah uh smithy's 520 if he's in the 400s yeah, hundred percent. You could consider because, like, Horsburgh could definitely play middle in, in anywhere, right? Like eight, ten, thirteen wouldn't matter for him. So Smithies could keep sort of a fifty-minute role, and if he was priced at the low thirties, then yeah, anywhere in the forties could be very easy to imagine. But now it's like he has to score minimum forty-five points, and we don't know. Like he hasn't been over in the NRL. We don't know what minutes he's going to play. We have no idea at this point. It could be large, could be smaller. Um, but I think we should just watch to start off with. He's not going to get too far away from you uh, in that first couple of weeks anyway. Tommy Starling, likely to be bench. Again, we need him to be a yeah. starting big minute guy. We loved him for a while, um, years ago. He, right? he always has some time in the year where he goes, oh, I've got a couple of random 70-minute games in there. I'm going to score 55. So good. But but then he just goes back to the pack. And they and they stopped us from doing that this year unless he really goes on a dry spell because they blinkin' priced him up about 80K or something for no reason. I don't know why. So stupid. They wanted to stop us having some fun. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's not even going to be... like it's, you'd, you'd do that if you thought he was going to be the starter, right? But yeah, it's not going to happen. Chevy Stewart, your thoughts on him? Yeah, look, out of a lot of the positions this year, you've got some value especially in the mid-ranges, there aren't too many starting 13, 250, 230K guys. No. If Chevy Stewart is wearing the number one in round one, you just buy him. It's pretty much that simple. He's got decent reserve grade stats. He's probably scoring somewhere to Savage, but he's 100K cheaper. So he could be the guy who makes us 200, 300K at the beginning of the year without too much worry, to be honest. So I'm pretty happy with just, if he's there, just put him in your team and, don't worry about it. Definitely. Ethan Strange. What are your thoughts on him? Because if if he was to get, okay, let's just say he misses the six, but he can get the center spot. At center, do you, like you pick him, but you're not excited by it, right? At six, are you excited by it? At six, I'm pretty excited. I mean, when you're in the halves, getting your hands on the ball a bit more, even if you're not kicking, because Fogarty's going to be doing most of the kicking, um, you're still going to get enough tackles, enough playmaking to sort of, push you up to sort of at least high 20s, if even if you're not doing that much. In the centres, um, I think that there's scope f- for low scores because we know that position is still the lowest scoring, even though it had a bit of a bump last year. I think that 
there is risk if he does start there. And I think the only reason why he would start there is if Chris doesn't get off his suspension and then that would pose a potential trap. I think that I would prefer him to see him at 5'8". Definitely. Uh, I agree with that. Joe Tarpany, 53.6 was his average last year. And we know his PPM is incredible. You've got him there as an origin period keeper. Tell us more. Yeah, well, last year we were trying to figure out why did he go big, when and how are we going to predict this? I started with him hoping that he would just go from the get-go and he sort of just did okay and didn't really give me any entertainment until I sold him. And that was about round 10 or so, just as everyone was revving up for Origin and he revved up to replace those guys during Origin. We saw Hallsborough went away and we saw... That happened in 22 as well. It mm-hmm. seems like he is that guy who steps up in the mid-year when there's a couple of injuries around and potentially a few going away to origin. It used to be Papali'i, now it's potentially Horsburgh. And so I think he's not quite in that upper echelon of guys uh, that you want to finish the year with, unless maybe on your bench. But he's definitely someone who you can go to through the origin period and maybe expect to something like a 60 average in increased minutes. Yeah, it's a very interesting way to look at that, mate. That's that was two years in a row of, of data, which is really cool. Matt Timikol at 602K had a really, really good season for the Raiders. He was sort of their only outside back to, to do really well um, and almost average as much as Hudson Young, who dominated on the edge the previous year. So it was really a lone ranger at 44 average. What are you looking for with him and when? I'm just looking for him basically to take this Raiders team around on his own. So <laughs> as you said, the Raiders, he was a lo- bit of a lone hand last year, but I mean, the Raiders have a lot of flux this year. A lot of players changing positions, a lot of them in new positions, and he's somebody who they know they can go to. If that happens, maybe he improves even a little bit more and he becomes one of those better level keepers. But the downside is that Raiders are probably going to slide a little bit and he might lose some attack. It just depends on which one we see. So at 600K, I'm not really confident in having solid value in him and there's potential downside. So just watch and just sit on him. We're going to have enough Raiders anyway, aren't we? So KO Weeks, the next guy, (laughs) next guy, 252K there. Obviously had a really, really tough time of it last year with the Eagles moving, changing teams. Definitely, he can't go any worse. Let's say that. Um, yeah, he just hardly got any ball. He didn't look great with ball in hand, but we saw him in trials look incredible. So he has that upside. And in this type of team that probably needs a little bit of spark, then then Weeks could be that man. If he gets the six, he's in our sides, right? Oh, 100%. If, he's, if he makes um, five-eighth, he's got to be in our team. He's just, you can't ignore somebody in the spine starting at basement price like that. I mean, you saw last year, he had two or three games starting at fullback and 5'8", where he scored pretty dreadful. But I mean, mm. he can't do that all the time. And it is a new team and he's going to have different responsibilities. I think his upside is slightly less than the others of Stewart and Savage potentially. And even Strange, if Strange starts at 5'8". But I mean, he's got enough value to just be putting in your team anyway, if he does start. For sure. Uh, Elliot Whitehead at 569k, In his last year, obviously minutes, we're probably expecting a little bit of a downgrade with Hosking being around. He's probably a guy to monitor if there is an injury to Hosking and and like, you know, he loses a lot of cash and then has to start again, right? 
Yeah, well, I was very surprised when I actually went and looked him up because in 2022, he only averaged like 34 or 33 or something and he actually bumped it up this year. So if if he does start off like that in 2024, averaging sort of low to mid 30s, drops down to 450 and then suddenly has to play 80 again, maybe during the mid-year when a few players are missing. Well, maybe, but yeah, I mean, he's a... He's a one in a hundred Hail Mary, very, very low ownership shout if if that's going to ever happen. So mm. just keep an eye on him. But I mean, don't don't expect it to happen. Scoop the pod, man. I'm looking out for you. See, if Hudson Young, go, Hudson Young goes down as well, he's played a lot of He's played most of the games last few years as well. So that'll be fun. Uh, Wolford, just no value on him anyway. He sounds like he's down the pecking order. And Hudson Young, obviously a little bit more of a down year, started pretty poorly and then sort of picked things up for him. Are you, as you said, they're avoiding slash uh, monitoring the dip on him as well? Yeah, he's one of these sort of rare forwards. I mean, it's not as rare for your second rowers, but he relies on pretty high level of tries to score well. I Mm. think in 2022, when he averaged low 50s, he was averaging about, 60% 60% try scoring rate. And last yeah. year it dropped a little bit to 30 or 40% and dropped his average by about five points. So if he does go through a month or six weeks without going over the stripe and he falls hundred K pick him up, him mm. and Frizzell kind of did that last year. And if you picked them up at their base, you were absolutely cheering. So just watch out for him, but probably not to start the year given he's already, already almost priced at 50. Definitely. Uh, we've got the pack, the two pack predictors, one without Horsburgh, one with. So let's kick it off with round one, given that's going to be of most relevance there. Papali at 45, that seems about fair. No higher than that, you'd imagine. Danny Levi, you've got him at 45 with, with Starling splitting the other 35. And with his pick, current PPM that he's played for his career, guys, it's a 6.2 value on Levi. And uh, yeah, we have a little bit of value on Smithies as well, but that's those minutes there at 55 are unlikely to stay there with the fact that Horsburgh is going to come back and demand big minutes, right? Any other thoughts on, on this squad? Yeah, not too much. It'll be interesting to see exactly where and for how long Smithies does play in round three. I currently have him covering a little bit of that edge spot. If Hosking isn't on the bench, if Hosking's on the bench, well, it's obvious and pretty easy, but for now I'd say with, I think both, Mooney and Mariota played exclusively prop in reserve grade last year, looking to replace Papali'i in upcoming years. So I probably have Smithies moving around a little bit to accommodate that if Hosking's not on the bench. Otherwise, yeah, just um as expected. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, maybe one of those of, of Mooney or Mariota uh, are out and Hosking's there and then you know, Hosking can take Obviously, a chunk of those second row minutes and, and Whitehead can take a couple of those middle minutes that you've got like Mooney or Mariotta taking there as well. So, yep. it, yeah, probably doesn't make too much of a difference at the start. Whitehead and Hosking kind of splitting minutes. Smithies would be the one. Like, if he was just to maintain a decent minute role somewhere in the 50s and, and he happens to be, you know, come over here and be close to a, like a, a one PPM guy, um, show some like hop good type of levels. If we see something in the trials from him that we really like and, and some chat that he's going to be a big important factor, then then he could be, yeah, he could pick up a role. But anyone else other than that, it's very hard to to start with anyone in this pack and we're just looking for outside backs, aren't we? Yeah, I'll, I'll just touch on Levi briefly. 
it was hard for me to nail down uh, an exact PPM I was expecting for him because it has fluctuated a bit over the years, but mm. it has got better in the last two or three. And I think it was uh, about like 0. 0.74, 0. 0.58, 0. 0.67. So I've gone <laughs> pretty conservative, to be honest. So if he does get 45 minutes at the lowest PPM, I can pretty happily project him at six points is probably the floor. Okay. And any more than that's upside. So I don't I don't mind Levi. Yep. Yeah, and he had games of sort of 45 to 55 minutes last year, didn't he? So anywhere between six points of value and yeah, 12, 13, something like that with the odd attacking stat would be even nicer. Uh, and, and their draw. So their first buy is in round 10, then they have 14 and 19. So they're all fairly close together there, but a cracking start to the season in terms of avoiding the buyers for them. And, you know, top four teams, you've got Warriors and Broncos both away. And then, you know, starting with Knights away could could be a tough one for sure. Tigers at home uh, in there as well. Sharks, Eels, Titans, Sharks again, and Eagles. So it's a, it's a middling type of draw, isn't it? Yes. I think that it's better for head-to-head buys than overall buys as you head towards the origin period because of those close buys. Yeah, as you said, if... If you think about Horsburgh and he makes origin, he's going to miss round 10. He's going to miss round 13, 14, and 16. So all of a sudden, he's missed four rounds in about, what, seven weeks? Mm. And if you're overall coach, that's killing you. But for head-to-head, it's not too bad. Um, you'd still ideally want to avoid one of round 10 and round 14. But do be wary of picking up Horsburgh in like about round four or something like that if he comes back and smashes out 65-plus minutes like he was for part of last year. Because, I mean, he will score well for you in that, but he basically guarantees you to either lose those points again and possibly more or force you to use a trade if you're going to go for overall. So just watch out for that. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, I suppose the guys that we might be looking at later are the Hoskings uh, as well. So again, there's a lot of, it's probably not early on, but then by, by the time you get excited about him around six, seven, eight, then you've got a bunch of buys in a row. So yeah, you'd have him for round 13. And 16 and 17, which is cool. So yeah, maybe it's after round 10 that he that he becomes sort of relevant for you. And then maybe he's a sell in round 19 or 20 there. Anyway, given he, you know, good chance he's not a top tier sort of best 13 type of guy. So all the cash cows, the best thing here is you don't have to worry about any buys for them. Uh, if we have three or four of them, we're, we're not worried that we have to sit three or four guys in one of these early rounds and, and they have enough scope to sort of make cash over the first five to eight weeks. And then we can move them on anyway. Um, yep. So yeah, pretty simple kind of team to not stress about. Like it's not like it's the you know round four with the storm. If you would have Grant, Pap, um, Bloor, like any of these guys have popped up for you, that's having three yeah. good level guys um, that we might, you might have to think about in round four, which you don't have to with the Raiders. So. Yeah. Pretty uh, uh, anybody that has a buy in that first month while well, your team value is still really low. If you have more than one or two, it starts to really hurt. Just so do watch out for that. Raiders are good to stack up on, but I will make one note. I have seen a lot of teams just stack up with, oh, I've got everybody just in case they start, and like six Raiders sitting yeah. in their starting on their bench. Guys, just hold on for a minute. You're going to have Fogarty, maybe one five eighth, one fullback, and maybe one center. Plus maybe Levi. That's five tops. Yeah. So don't go stacking up on both Savage and Stewart, for example. Yeah. You're not going to get both. Definitely. Um, 
And I'd say at this point, it's weeks or strange too. You're only getting one, right? So one of Savage and Stewart, one of Strange and Weeks, and then the other guys, if you want. So yeah, an yep. interesting team. Well, I can't believe we have to watch so much uh, of the Raiders and their close games. Uh, I suppose if you've got a lot of their plays, you're just hoping for extra time every week, right? Oh yeah, 100%. More tackles, the, more more attack. And the Ricky roulette. So it's going to be plenty of fun. But uh, yeah, join the Discord as well, guys. I've got that uh, link in the description. I'll pop in the overall league code for the JBFA community as well. And the winner of that's going to get a full pass into next year's private group as well, just same as last year where... Nigel won that one. So he'll be in our private group as well, which is going to be awesome. So yeah, enjoy. I uh, hope you're enjoying these ones here from Scoop and all his thoughts there. And uh, we'll catch you in the next few videos. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 